everybody please take a seat. Good morning, boys and girls. I'm your substitute teacher, Mr. Tinman. And our first assignment today is what you want to be when you grow up. So we're going to go around the room. You over there with the Afro puffs. What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I'm thinking about a hairstylist or like a designer. Those are some pretty good professions. And you over there in the Marlins jersey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a baseball player. Oh, that's a pretty awesome profession as well. And you over there sitting there with Tierra. What would you like to be when you grow up? I want to be a DJ. Oh, that's a pretty crafty profession. And you, back there with the bus saw dreads, what would you like to be when you grow up? Uh, I, I want to be a motherfucking soldier. You better ask somebody. And welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Dallin Thomas Taylor. It's another one of them beautiful sports days down here in the neighborhood. If you don't know, it's another beautiful day down here in South Florida. Listen, this is where we're at. This is where we do the show from. It's about 84 degrees. I know you may have missed me locally. We'll talk about that a little bit later for some of you. It's 84 degrees. It's, it's, it's October 23rd. We're just about a week away from Halloween. But, but, more than anything else, we got basketball to talk. Oh, there goes that cleanup on our late again. And then there's, there's, there's some football stuff, and then uh, some people may have gotten injured. So, 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 you know what I like to say. You know what I like to say. Regardless of the time. Take that, take that, take that. And regardless of the weather. Brooklyn, 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 we go hard. It's always a good time to talk some sports. So Talking my T sports. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. Telling you, telling you, I've never had to clean up myself so much randomly while having my pants off, except for that one random day on the dance floor. We ain't gonna talk too much about that. It was only one time, it was only one time but it happened the same way that we got basketball tonight but before we get into basketball and the start of the season let's get into this nfl season because you 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 know what there's not too often that we start off the show talking about the players that aren't going to play in the game 
It's not too often that that's how we start off the show. But today happens to be one of those days. So, the mighty injury report. Hip <laughs> down. Yes, folks, we have an injury alert to start off the show. Why do we have the injury alert to start off the show? Because we have two, if not three, future cornerstone players, at least not cornerstone players, right? I want to say three, let's say three future cornerstone players, at least two future cornerstone players of their current sports, right, that they're in, and at least three cornerstone players of their sport. I know that sounds weird. So, first off, right? Hit me with it. First of all, first of all, first things first. Zion Williamson goes down. Folks, yep, Zion is somewhere there, lying in bed as he recoups his as he recoups his injury. Yeah, folks. Like, I'm sorry, he he is no longer playing in the game. He is officially in the zone. That's where he's at. Zion Williamson isn't going to play. And I know what you guys are thinking. Like, damn, homie. In high school, you were the man, homie. What the fuck happened to you? I kind of told you. I'm sorry. He played in college, did he? So, damn, homie. In college, you were the man, homie. What the fuck happened to you? You know that's going to come. That's going to be a drop for all, <laughs> for all of these overhyped people that start coming out of college. When I tell you guys, let's pump the brakes a little bit and let's see what he can do because so far, all I saw from Zion Williamson was a really big guy that was dunking. A really big guy driving to the lane that was dunking. A big guy that was about the size of Draymond Green, right? Look at Draymond Green, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, maybe 6'8", six, at times. But when we hear Draymond Green being 225, 230, 240, and we even see guys like Draymond Green, he's a heavy set dude. So now we're talking about Draymond Green with hops. But I don't know if everything else that Zion Williams has done. And, and you've heard me call Zion Williamson a couple other things. You, you heard me call him Kenneth Fareed because of how athleticism, of how athletic he is, which is, once again, no different than uh, how I kind of see Draymond Green. But Draymond Green is a way better glue guy and way better all-around player than, than what Kenneth Fareed was. Kenneth Fareed was, was basically probably just a defensive guy, an energy guy, a uh, rebounding guy, a uh, dunk slashing guy, you know, pick and roll guy. Huh. Still kind of sound a lot like Draymond Green, isn't he? But without the mental leadership stuff, right? So when, 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 everybody's, when everybody's drooling and saliving over Zion Williamson, I was over here trying to tell you guys, yo, like, I don't remember Kenneth Fareed getting this kind of hype. Like, they're talking about guys finding... I mean, because of this, too, he's 280, and he's six foot eight, and in college, nobody's trying to challenge him, but people will challenge him in the NBA, and eventually, you keep coming up and down, and up and down, and up and down, and now, you're not going through people. Now, you're bouncing off of people just a little bit more, and now, Zion Williamson has a meniscus tear, and he's already had surgery, and now, he's going to be out anywhere between six to eight weeks. We're going to keep seeing what Zion Williamson turns into. If he becomes Kenneth Fareed, if he becomes Charles Barkley, 
If he becomes Sean Kemp, if he, if he becomes Draymond Green with his athleticism, he'll be great. But I don't know if he is the croissant. I don't know if he is the English muffin. I don't know if he is the pita flatbread. You know what I'm Basically, I don't know if he's the next best thing to slice bread is what I'm trying to say here. So we'll see. We'll see about Zion. But I told you, there was a couple of cornerstone people that went out. Also another cornerstone player to go out for his team. First of all, first of all, first things first. Patrick Mahomes dislocates his knee, tears his knee all over the place. He, oh, shouldn't say he tears his knee, but he dislocates his knee. His knee goes all over the place. And now they're saying that he may miss time. Now, with Patrick Mahomes, with his knee, they're saying, well, he may only miss maybe two, three weeks if he's, if, he's, if he's out that long. Which, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you're caught, you, you'll, you'll take that, right? You take Patrick Mahomes only being out two to three weeks. He's been dealing with this weird ankle injury. We're going to tune into this. Listen, basketball is in, in full effect. So we're about to tune into this Brooklyn, as, as you heard in the intro. But we're going to start with the Brooklyn game. We're going to eventually switch over to the next game. And while we're still still on the first opening of the show, let me make sure everybody gets this clear, right? I know I, I, all you people listen. One of, the big, one of the big benefits that you're going to want to start taking advantage of. While we are here live on the show, while you're listening to MITsports.net, right? Call into the show. Listen, a lot of yous, you just got my number. Call into the show. If you can't call into the show, because you don't have my personal line, which I will pick up during the show if you want to talk sports. Well, then, you have my, this is a perfect opportunity to go to my Facebook, alright? Go to my Instagram. Even while you're on the webpage. Now, while you're on the webpage, I don't believe you can call me straight from the webpage. Even though, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to try to add that feature, but I believe you may. If I can do this without exposing my number to the world, <laughs> then I'll even give you guys access to that one as well. Where you can call me directly from the webpage. But I don't even see why not. My business card is out there to every single rando in the world. So if you have the means, utilize it. Come on, talk to me. Tell me what you think about Zion Williamson. I want to know because I want to know if I'm the only one bugging thinking he's only Kenneth Fareed. Let's talk about let's talk about football. Apparently, I have a couple of Jets fans out there that think Adam Gase is actually a good head coach. I want to hear this from the horse's mouth. I want you to call in too. I want you to put yourself on record. So don't worry. So I tell you all the means to interact with the show. Let me let you know there's also ways that you can get yourself on the air here live with me talking. To the mighty fan base. The hundreds and hundreds of fans. Hopefully I can change that to the thousands and thousands. But right now, it's only hundreds. And I may be even stretching that one. But you know what they say. Shooter's gonna shoot. I don't care if you shoot for the stars, if you shoot for the moon, just shoot. Shoot your shot, B. Sip, 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 sip. 
So now we get back into football, and Patrick Mahomes goes down. And Patrick Mahomes was already, was already dealing with some kind of ankle injury, right? And the ankle the ankle injury has now turned into a knee injury. And listen, turned into a knee injury. And while the two may not be related, we already know that the ankle was already was already tender, which means that you may not have been bracing yourself properly, or you may have been shifting weight oddly. Now this is on a, on a weird quarterback sneak that he goes and he, and he dislocates that knee, but. Listen, there's all of these future young guys in in the league, right? The Apollo kids of of, of their of the of their respective sports. You don't you don't want to see that, right? A guy like Patrick Mahomes go down for any kind of time. Now, hopefully, now and what they said he's gonna recover pretty well, pretty soon. So, we'll hopefully, we'll see him back, and it won't be something that's 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 lingering. It won't be something that affects the way that he plays, and one affects. Hopefully, it doesn't affect the greatness that we that we've seen from him so far. Also, I think Matt Ryan from Atlanta, he got injured or something like that. Um, he wasn't doing much to really help his team. So, if they have a backup quarterback on there, guess who's about to get a look-see? Guess who's about to get a look-see? It's the backup quarterback for the Atlanta Hawks. Falcons. Also, in college, I told you, who's going to cover a couple of sports? In college, they use, they lose Tunga Tonga Tongue Twister. Tunga Tonga Loa, whatever his name is, Tunga Tonga Tongue Twister Loa. They lose him to an ankle injury. Now this, now they say, oh, this isn't the same ankle, this is another ankle. But you know what I just hear? This is another ankle injury for what is technically an undersized quarterback for a guy that is currently now being outplayed by the guy that he replaced. Which, before we go talk about NFL football, this is a nice time for us to talk and ease into college a little bit. We haven't talked a lot of college this year, right? And, and this is going to, listen, there's going to be a lot of information coming out of this show today. L listen, there's going to be a lot coming out in this show today. And one of the things that, that, that really makes me bear the question, right, and, and why people... Aren't, aren't a little bit more curious to question is if Jalen Hurst, right, was so bad that Tunga Tiger Tongue Twister, yeah, Tunga Tiger Tongue Twister, right, that if he was so much better than him, how is it that he goes to a different team and he doesn't look... Because you have to figure now, hey, listen, you both are now started. Because with the same team, things look differently, right? With the same team, things looked a little bit differently. We see Jay-Z with Kyrie Irving. This is going to be tough for me to embrace Kyrie. We see Kyrie Irving in the back signing autographs with, with the Nets. So, you have to wonder, like, okay, Tunga Tide Tongue Twister looked better with the same team than Jalen Hurst did. But that's because when he came in, he had a little bit more natural ability, right? A little bit more athletic, was a little bit more natural at running out of the pocket. Probably because he was a smaller guy, he was just used to rolling and, and rolling and running all over the place, right? So he looked better with the same team. But 
Now you lose your starting job to this kid. Your draft stock, your, your draft stock starts to fall. You go to another team in Oklahoma. Go her, go ahead, and this is one is for you, Booski. Boom. Ma, sorry, let me say this right. Boom, Sooners. Right. So you leave Alabama and you go to and you go to the Oklahoma Boomer Sooners, right? Which is an automatic rivalry just waiting to happen, especially if these two teams meet in the meet anywhere in the college playoffs. But while you expect Jalen Hurst to probably look okay, probably looked good because he didn't look, he wasn't a bum in Alabama. You didn't expect him to look like a Heisman candidate again. Which listen, while he was before, you start to kind of think like, oh, as things start to fall off, as time starts to progress, he's gonna lose a little bit of that of, of that luster. No, he was looking better so far this whole entire season than. Tunga tied a tongue twister. And not only is he outplaying him, he's out durability in him. Right? So now the number one ability that people look for, which is availability, he's doing better than him in. And now when you actually see Jalen Hurst coached up, you actually see him doing better than Tunga Tida Tongue Twister. Which makes me think, did you just really lose your job because a better athlete came in there and the coach quit on you? Because if Nick Saban were to coach up Jalen Hurst, the way he's being coached up in Oklahoma now, not only would he still have his job, and listen, granted, I, you understand, like, the change of pace for a quarterback that you didn't know and you weren't familiar with in the middle of a national championship game when you, when the whole entire time you prepped for one guy and then halfway through you just get this natural athlete come in and take over, it's kind of hard to... It's kind of hard to like shift. It's kind of hard to shift gears as a team, as a defense, as a coaching staff. It's really hard to prepare for somebody that. Let's just be honest. You, you didn't prepare for. You weren't prepared for. And you and and you built your whole entire scheme for somebody else. So tongue the tighter tongue twister came into a very good situation. Now let's let's also get that out of the way. He came into a really good situation, where he was able. To take a winning team, a winning program that was already in a championship position. And while everybody wasn't prepared for him, throwing him off a bit as he himself came into the game and was able to help his team win a championship. And then now you see him two straight years now, right? With this team, himself now with this team. And for two straight years, Alabama, a team that already always gets the majority of the best athletes, you see him fail to win a national championship when he has the team for a whole year. Now he, that was the first year. So now you give him the second year. And while he was healthy, I'm sorry, were we not talking about Oklahoma just a little bit more? Were we not talking about Clemson just a little bit more so far this season? 
Have we not talked about just a little bit more teams that we've been talking about Alabama? This isn't because of Al of Alabama fatigue. This is because Alabama is it hasn't been worth talking about so much this year, except for the fact that now their quarterback is injured. And if you don't have a quarterback, danger zone. Alabama, once again, always gets the best athletes out there. So who knows what they really, I don't know, what they really have back there in their backup quarterback. But we're going to see. But we're not here to really talk about the teams. We're here to talk about Nick Saban a little bit. Yeah, I did all that to talk about Nick Saban because it makes me think that Hmm, if, if Nick Saban in Alabama wasn't just getting majority of all of the best athletes, and obviously athletes give their all for a guy like Nick Saban because you're going to want to have much of a program that he's in. Is he really that coach? Because we've seen Oklahoma's coach coach up the same quarterback to make him look like the Heisman winner that we remember him being to make him look like a quarterback that should be drafted top three as quarterbacks go. Not top three pick because I think quarterbacks are reached for, as, as, I'm, as I'm clearly seeing throughout my years. But but I definitely believe that, listen, while quarterbacks may not need to be always taken with the, with the first ten picks, they do, need to, they do need to be taken with, like, a shift needs to come in, the quarterbacks need to start being devalued a little bit and be taken with the ten, like that ten to thirty pick. That ten to that ten to twenty pick really, but that ten to thirty range. No first top ten picks need to go to the best athletes. I'm sorry, and if your quarterback isn't one of the best athletes, we're just saying that Jalen Hurst and Tunga and Tunga Tide Tongue Twister isn't isn't some of the best athletes probably at their position. I'm just saying they ain't the best athletes coming out of college. Lamar Jackson was. We'll talk about that young bad man in a minute. Man, the young players that are that are coming in the NFL. And I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes, I'm talking about Lamar Jackson, and I'm talking about Deshaun Watson when I talk about the three young quarterbacks that are lighting this league up a blaze on fire. They are putting the Seth Rollins and the Keen together, and they are burning it down. Just saying. So back to Nick Saban. Is Nick Saban really the kind of coach that is really coaching up all these guys? I know he holds them. I know he makes them play hard. I know he holds his players accountable. And I know he tries to run a pro-like system as much as he can. But is he really coaching? Like I said, we've seen Dambo Sweeney and Clemson coach up a Clemson program to a point where now he's starting to get the recruits. And you saw what happens when, when the teams look even athletically and what happens when the the better coach comes out because Dabo Sweeney has been out coaching Nick Saban for the last couple of years. And I'm sorry, with what he's doing with Jalen Hurst, the Oklahoma coach is out coaching Dabo, um, is out coaching Nick Saban. And I'm sorry, Oklahoma people, Booski, and, and the rest of you, I, I will learn the Oklahoma's coach um, name. I know it's not um, Scoops or Stoops or whatever anymore but i will i will learn his name and find out who the heck it is and, and make sure you get your proper respect as we go into as you move further and further and closer and closer to the college football championship folks that's just how we started the show we're gonna take a mini break because you know how you know how we like to give love to the um, to the people that we love
Connecticut School of Broadcasting, Multivest Video Games, and of course, my United States Army. They're all going to get love today's show. And we're going to start off our first one with the Connecticut School of Broadcasting because without the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, without their fine-tuning, without without their help, not only would this podcast not be in the direction and, and constantly getting better the way that it does, but also all the stuff that I do around the city, like the, like the Platinum Pro Wrestling event that's coming up this Saturday at the CrossFit Squad in West Palm Beach, Florida at 512 Avernia Street. For our Oktoberfest event. Oh yeah, that's coming up. If it wasn't for wasn't for Connecticut School of Broadcast, I wouldn't have opportunities like that. I wouldn't have our too many opportunities to work with the Brooklyn Cafe. You understand you understand with with with, with ninety seven point three. Is it ninety seven point three? One of five point three as well. Think about trying to think of the AM station as well. Ten fifty AM. So if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't get those opportunities to work with the Florida, the Florida Broadcasting Network, the high school broadcasting network. Wouldn't get any of those opportunities. So we give our love to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. And all you have to do, if you love, if you love talking sports, if you love being in media, whatever, go check them out. Go take a tour of their campus. It's free. No obligation is to take a tour. You, they'll give you a free tour. You get to see all the hands-on experience that you get. And if you like it, you go. If you don't like it, you walk out. No obligation. This is Connecticut School of Broadcasting. They have campuses all up and down the whole entire East Coast. We're talking about from the bottom of Florida, where I go to school at. Right? Right there in Pines. All the way to, yeah, Connecticut. For CSB News 9, I'm Donato Rankin. And I'm Tito Wilson. Good night. Since 1964, Connecticut School of Broadcasting has helped place thousands of people just like you in radio, television, and new media careers. You'll learn it all in a hands-on environment in a matter of months, not years. To take a tour of a campus in your area or to find out if a career in broadcasting is right for you, call 1-800-TV-RADIO or log on to GoCSB.com. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one and only Talento Martella. If you're listening, that means hopefully you're listening live. We're talking to the live people right now. That means you're listening right there on the, on the website, mytsports.net. It's the best place to listen to. You get access to all of the current podcasts, all of the, the live podcast, all of the, the, this year's podcast, all of the past podcasts. But... If you're one of those people that you can't listen to live 8.07 on a Wednesday night while you're chilling at the crib, I get it. I get it. I, you don't want me as your background noise. Yeah, you could put me down as background noise. And then you could just disagree with me <laughs> as you go about your business. But if you have to listen to me during your regular commute, because you'd rather pay attention to me while you're working, help you distract from your day, then go to the many places where we got the podcast at. We're talking about Spotify. We're talking about TuneIn Radio. We're, talk, we're talking about iTunes. I'm coming off of YouTube. We're talking about Facebook. We're talking about Podbean. We're talking about Mixalaw. We're talking about CastBox. Everywhere that you listen to your, to, your, to your podcast at, I'm there. I'm there, B, because I care. Just remember, the Mighty Sports Podcast is one shot, one take, all thrill. And we're about to finally 
talk about week seven of the NFL season. Week seven, we had a winning season. Winning week again, if you took the mighty picks. We went eight and six. We had four teams on a bye week. Carolina had the night off. Cleveland took a sleeper. Pittsburgh had a night off. Tampa Bay didn't throw any interceptions. Turn up a chin, turn up a chin, turn up a chin, turn up a chin. Right, you didn't have to worry about any of that. First game first was the Kansas City game, right? Which is an interesting game because we just started off the show telling you about the injury report that happened with Kansas City, right? And Patrick Mahomes going down. But that would not stop them. Yep, 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 yep. Patty may have dislocated his knee, but that was no problem for the Kansas City formula as they had more... <laughs> they had more life in them and more formula than a racing committee. Like, you understand? Because... When your quarterback goes out, the formula that you kind of think that you're going to take is an is a L. Oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't an L that they took. If anything, it was a placebo felt to the other team where they thought, oh, if we knock out Patty Mahomes, this is going to be an easy victory. Nope. They were wrong. Kansas City beat Denver easily. Easily. As I don't even understand how, how Joe Fluco even got those two victories. I know he keeps fooling me. I keep picking them at the wrong time. They lose 30 to 6. We had an unfamiliar. <laughs> we had an unfamiliar hero for Kansas City. We had an unfamiliar face for Kansas City show up and dominate in that game. And folks, it was the Kansas City. City defense. Big up, big up. For the Kansas City defense giving up nine sacks and one fumble. The defense for the Kansas City Chiefs had them on lock. And it makes me wonder if they can do this when Patrick Mahomes isn't there. Why the fuck aren't they doing this when Patrick Mahomes is there? Because that defense looks completely suspect when he's there. That defense is the only thing that is consistently stopping Kansas City being a Super Bowl favorite. You understand that? When they have Patrick Mahomes. That's the only thing stopping them from being a Super Bowl favorite. Because we know Andy Reid is going to coach up a great offensive game. And we, and we know that that defense is going to suffer. It's going to look offensive the way they, they play defense. But yet they came away with a victory. It's cool. We let them slide with that. Buffalo almost disappointed the whole entire world. I mean, I was over here. <laughs> you understand that this was a close game that they had against Miami. This is what I'm trying to tell you here. That they almost disappointed the whole entire sports world by giving up some 
bullshit to the Miami Dolphins. Like, I honestly was looking at the Miami, I was actually looking at the the, the, the Buffalo Bills at one point in time like, Hold on, why you flinch? I, I, I couldn't believe that you were making this a close game, but in dolphin fashion while the buffalo bills were partying i guess the dolphins was putting up the bullshit because eventually they the buffalo bills would come away with a 31 to 21 victory over the miami dolphins as they fall to 0 and 6 buffalo improves to 5 and 1 and oh my god what the fuck is going on in buffalo but remember folks this isn't the first time we have seen this this isn't the first time we have seen Buffalo. He, he look like a man. You understand? So we'll get to them and we'll see how they pan out. Once again, Buffalo, we don't worry about Buffalo so much the, the first eight games of the season. While the weather is nice in Buffalo, it's the back end of the season when they start getting blizzards on the field. And then they start not showing up and they start freezing. Literally. Next up, we had Jacksonville going to Tennessee. And, folks, we this was another one of our correct picks. And, listen, no, 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 Jalen Ramsey, no problem, no problem. They would find the, they would find the target in, in Dade Westbrook six times for 103 yards. And, oh, yeah, Leonard Fournette will come back and bludgeon them to death. Yes, anytime you give it to your running back more than 25 times, we're calling that a bludgeoning on this show. Folks, yes, they bludgeoned them to death with 29 attempts, right? 131 yards, but in great Leonard Fournette fashion. He doesn't find the end zone. No touchdowns for all that effort. But you know what? They got the most important thing out there. And that was the W. 27-17 Jacksonville over Cincinnati. After that, we had Minnesota taking on the Detroit Lions. Yes, the same Detroit Lions that are 2-2-1. Two, two and one. They took on the Minnesota Vikings. That makes us kind of wonder, when did they lose those two games? Because now for two straight years, we've been talking about the Minnesota Vikings having what is what could be one of the most dynamic offenses. Like, we've said it here. Like, when we think about Minnesota and their offense, as we've seen Dinwiddle just hit a buzzer beater for a three to help the New York, sorry, the Brooklyn, New York Nets go into the quarter, or into the quarter break on a high note. But, folks, we told you this wasn't going to last long. I didn't realize it was 8.42 already, and we are going to switch over to this next game because there's nothing more than we want to... Listen, you're going to hear me big up the shit out of the Brooklyn Nets this year, right? I'm glad that my I'm glad that, that a team that from my home city actually has a championship contending team, but I want to see what's going on with this young team in the New York Knicks as well. So I have interest and love for both of these teams on two different scales that they won't even cross past i don't even have to worry about my love for each team cross because they'll never be in position this year from that love to really have to be compromised game is just started we're about a minute in game is tied 2-2 the new york knicks are in san antonio taking on the san antonio spurs and listen 
Just like how I thought that it, it would have been a good time for the Washington Redskins to put in their rookie quarterback against New England, how I thought it's a good idea for Sam Donald to make sure that he's playing against, that he came in time to play New England. You want to play against the best, and you want to see what the hardest out there has to give so that you know, listen, this is what the best gives to you when they're giving it to you. Everybody after them isn't the best, right? Or they may be comparable. So you know how serious to take it. I hate when teams put young players in on in, in on what they call gimme teams and gimme games because then it makes it seem like, oh, it's always going to be that easy. No, let them see how hard it's going to be so they could bring their level of game up. Not let's show them how easy it could possibly and let them put their guard down. I don't understand that. That's like we don't understand how Minnesota even has those two losses. Like I said, because we thought that they had the kind of offensive team, the kind of offensive firepower that, that should have been should have been compared to a Kansas City, compared to the L.A. Chargers, compared to the L.A. Rams. We thought they had that kind of team. Listen, there was a thought, point in time that we even thought that Tampa Bay had that kind of team. They just didn't have the kind of quarterback. So, Minnesota comes away with a nice victory, 42-30, be, um, beating up on Detroit. Detroit falls to 2-3-1. and one. Minnesota improves to 5-2. and two. Now, Minnesota should also have been included on what is, as you guys already know, the, the mighty injury report. Hip <laughs> down. Ah. Because the Minnesota Vikings will also lose a, a key player um, this week, and that would be Adam Thielen, which is really crazy because for all the people that picked up Stefan Diggs late or went after Stefan Diggs and kind of just missed him by one week, which is me. I was trying to get him while I guess everybody else kind of saw him as well. This was a perfect opportunity to have Stefan Diggs and put him in the lineup because not only did they lose, do they lose Adam Thielen, but also Stefan Diggs now steps definitely into that in, into that number one role in a, in a time where, kept, where where Kirk Cousins is now being pushed to pass the ball downfield a little bit harder. We, New York Knicks take an early time out. It looks like they're already down eight to two. If I just heard that right, they are one for seven from the field. As DeMar DeRozan um, dumps it off to Rudy Gay, and he makes an easy layup. That wasn't even Rudy Gay. That was Murray. The San Antonio Spurs doesn't have a bad team, and this is going to be an eye-opener. Listen, this may be a blowout for the first game for the Knicks. Strap in and prepare for a long one. Stefan Diggs caught a lot of long balls. Only seven attempts or seven catches, but those seven catches was able, able to give him 142 Crucial passing yards. He would add. Oh, I didn't see if he had any touchdowns. He probably didn't get any. But don't forget his running mate. His running mate in Dalvin Cook. Right? Dalvin Cook that has finally. And, and I don't want to say finally. Because when people are injury prone, then... It's usually just a matter of time sometimes. And I don't want to say that. Oh, as the New England Patriots put Josh Gordon on injury reserve and is saying that they may, may likely may waive the wide receiver. As you may, not, may have heard that New England Patriots have now added 
um, Sanu from Cincinnati onto their team to help bolster their wide receiving core, which honestly kind of makes sense. But I thought they, I thought you would have kept um, Josh Gordon, but maybe his injury is gonna be, is it'd be better if you waive him and then see if you can sneak him back onto the team a little bit later. So back to Minnesota and Detroit. Dalvin Cook will get 25 touches. He would, he would give them the bludgeoning act. He give, he would give them the old mallet treatment. 25 touches, 142 yards. Two touchdowns. Next up, we would have the LA Rams going to Atlanta. And it's Atlanta. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Matt Ryan got in Matt Ryan got injured. And I think this may actually be a slight blessing <laughs> in disguise. I know I know this isn't the, the thing that, that, that you want to hear, but like I said, I, I'm hoping that they, they have something back there to give because he didn't quite, he wasn't quite doing it this year. And while, remember we started off this, we started off this season and we talked about how they were giving Cam Newton a lot of slack for him not showing up as a quarterback. And I was over here saying, well, listen, Matt Ryan has been in the same exact position that Cam Newton was. He's a quarterback not only in that same division, but he's also taken his team to a Super Bowl and lost. And also, he's had better weapons throughout the history of his career than Cam Newton has ever had. And yet, Cam Newton was the one getting all of the slack for not being able to produce. And listen, not for nothing, we see the, we see the kid in Carolina producing very well. So there are some decisions to make when Cam Newton does come back if, which is going to be interesting, right? It's as if you trade Cam Newton and you, and you go in and get draft picks, but you also get to free up money, right? Even though Cam Newton's coming off that salary cap pretty soon, right? So you get to see if you can get draft picks for him and you, and you move on. Or, once again, you still get to save money because you don't have to repay him. Or if you... Or if you trade the young quarterback for young for more assets. Because you have to assume at this time, right? They both may be getting the same amount of quality back for both players. I know that's odd to say. And when you're talking about we're talking about multiple time all star super um he went he goes to a Super Bowl and, and what Cam Newton has done. But you're talking about also versus a young prospect that people think that's like, oh, he can play football, he's a winner, and we don't know we don't know quite what he is, and we can see if we can turn him into one of the greats. Versus somebody that he is great and you kinda know what he is, and you know that you're gonna kind that you're gonna probably gonna have to have a good backup behind him, like a Steady Teddy behind him because he's probably going to go down injured a couple more times throughout the rest of his career. If you even, even if you sign up for a four-year contract, he's probably going to miss a couple of games. His style, his style of play just, just, just makes him injury prone. So, hey, I know it's, I know it's hard to, to believe that, that a starting quarterback and a backup quarterback for Carolina 
may get back the same amount of assets, but that is a possibility. So you may just say like, hey, who would you rather go forward with? Cam Newton or the guy that has breathed life into this team? That's a thing. And that's a thing so that maybe Atlanta even needs to look into. What do they have behind Matt Ryan? Because whatever they're doing with Matt Ryan, people aren't buying. Whatever they're doing with Matt Ryan, people aren't into. And you got to get something that your team is into. Because they ain't, they ain't, they ain't into this. That Matty Ice, that, 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 that buzz is starting to wear off. And nobody likes to hang over. Of Matty Ice. We gonna see. Remember, Matt Ryan has had talented wide receivers his whole entire career. Not just Julio Jones. But I always forget his name as I talk about Julio Jones. But the guy that he had before Julio Jones as well. Roddy White, I believe his name was, something like that. So he's always had talented wide receivers. And what he has so far with both of them is just... <laughs> which is... You're very welcome, Gervais. As I had a four of my friends celebrate their birthday yesterday. Happy belated birthday to Monica. Happy belated birthday to Darnell. Happy belated birthday to, to Gervais, Dr. Gervais. Happy belated birthday as Paul George pops up on the television screen. And happy belated birthday to Claudia. Four of the people that I four people that I hold truly dear to my heart. And they all have a birthday on the same day. And I couldn't be luckier to, to even have to be. Do you not only have them as friends, but also celebrated with them. And then and the little one just told me I made her day. So happy belated birthday to all of you. So, yeah, Atlanta lose their quarterback, and I'm not even gonna blink an eye because their quarterback wasn't doing anything anyway. And once again, same thing here. Like if you can think talk about trading Cam Newton, what about trading Matt Ryan? Let's but let's just see what kind of quarterback Matt Ryan has behind him. We have Oakland that took on Green Bay. We were right with that pick as well. Green Bay was able to, to beat them 42 to 24 as Aaron Rodgers had a perfect quarterback rating in this game as he went off a 25 for 31, 429 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. Yes, folks. That was the guy that they like to call the bad man, A-Aaron. And boy, did he look the polite. You really couldn't have, have asked for anything more on on that one. You you really couldn't have asked for any anything more. He was able to even find his boy Marquez Valdez Scam, his new boy, twice that is. And you know what that means. If we're talking about him, 
that means in those two catches, he was able to put up over a hundred yards. Yep, folks. Marquez Valdez Scanton had two receptions for 133 yards and one touchdown. You would hope if you had two two catches for that many yards that you brought one of them back to the house, right? You like you had to assume that one of them was was like an 80 yard slam back. I don't know about God. He has been making that kid look great, but that's what Aaron Rodgers does. Now. While we started off hot by getting our first six picks right of the week, that bottom half didn't look too good. As you already know, we went eight and six. So in here, we only had two more right. So let's start the pattern. First game was Houston versus Indy. We were wrong as Houston dropped the ball on that one. As whatever's going on in Indy seems to be working as, as, as their quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, is actually showing that, yo, yo, if they would have had, we already forgetting his name, Andrew Bad Luck, right? If they would have had Andrew, I'm out, I'm out on my luck playing for that team. They probably would have been a Super Bowl contending team with the kind of talent of what they've been pulling off so far. But right now, we don't consider them a Super Bowl contending team, but they are 4-2. and two. They are in the same division as Houston. They just dropped them to 4-3. and three. And, listen, to begin into the playoffs, all it takes is either a wild card, which can come from that division, or you win your division. And right now, Indy, they're winning their division. We also had San Francisco going to Washington. And this was just an exercise in futility. Because we already know, because we've said it here so many times. <laughs> so many times on this show, we have told you one thing and one thing only that when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers and that defense when you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree that's the result you're gonna get and what they got was a shutout in Washington as listen it didn't look great for San Francisco either they only put up nine points but they didn't allow any points so kudos to them as we got that right and the only other game that we got right in the, in in these last few games, that team also posted a shutout. Hmm. So we got two shutouts this week. I wonder who the other sorry ass team to get shutout was. The New York Knicks have slow have come back. They're, that game is now thirteen to fourteen. I'm not seeing how this is happening though. We had Arizona going to Washington. This has the Arizona Cardinals behind their quarterback. Kyla, I should have played baseball. Murray take on the New York Giants and Daniel. I got to love Jones basketball. <laughs> I got to love Jones. The New York Giants would lose this game. As Arizona is now 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. 
as the New York Giants fall to two and five or whatever slim chance that they had may be now out the window for them to win their division as they lose this game 27 to 21. As listen, not for nothing, Arizona did exactly what they should have done. It wasn't by because of great play from their quarterback. Their quarterback looked pretty mediocre. I'm not going to lie to you. He, uh, when I say mediocre, we're talking about Tim Tebow-ish kind of numbers, right? But they were able to find their running back to add to the bludgeoning of this week's of this week's theme as they gave it to their running back Chase Edward 27 times for 126 yards and not one, not two, but Trey's touchdowns. It's about time for this break, but we're going to go over just a little bit. We're going to finish up this section. Nope. You know what? No, we're not. We're going to take a break. Sorry. When we come back. We're going to finish up the week, the West, the rest of week seven. We're going to talk. We're going to give out our participation awards for this week. And I will give you my new top five for this year right here on the air as we speak. So this is unprepared. As it sounds like this podcast tends to be sometimes, but it's not. We're very well prepared on the Mighty Sports Podcast. That and more when I return. Let me put you on the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then, head to Multivest Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming products. Your games cost money and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multivest Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multivest has a wide variety of games in all next-gen systems in the PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One series, as well as all your favorite old-school titles and systems, starting as early as Atari Nintendo to as current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360s, and yes, that does include all of the PlayStation's Nintendo systems and Xboxes in between. They've been family-owned and operated for over 10 years, just off of the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's directly located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Gones, Florida 33169. That's conveniently just five minutes from Sun Life Stadium, 790 the ticket, and oh no, let's not forget Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multi-Vest Games, where you save more so you can play more. And we are back to the Body Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, the one only Tyler Dobartill. If you are here, that means you are listening. One of the many places that I do appreciate you listening to, right? Whether that's MixLR, whether that's TuneIn Radio, whether that's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere, anywhere that you listen to the podcast, I, I appreciate it and I love it. Granted, do I always do appreciate it wherever that you go right to the website? Yeah, I do. But you know what? If you can't make it to the website, go to any of those other places. We're making some changes on the website for you guys, right? We make to make downloading of the podcast a little bit easier through the website. So, we still have a couple more games left over week seven, right? So, yo, can I get a little background music? 
So, so, so I can so I can deliver um, the last bit of this thing, last bit of this week. So Arizona's throwing Arizona's throwing a piece together some wins, which it, it just isn't a bad thing. Like I said, they go to, they're, they're looking at three three and one right now. Kyle, their quarterback Kyle should have played baseball. Murray is actually putting together some 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 wins, even though they aren't the best looking wins. They're still, they're starting to put together some wins. New York Knicks are still down fifteen to twenty with just about thirty seconds left to go. The LA Chargers will go into Tennessee and they will lose 20 to 23. As once again, as we keep picking the LA Chargers to win these games. Games that we think that he should win, right? Games that we think that that that, that Phillip Rivers should be able to pull out. We are very we are we are once again being reminded that Phillip Rivers has nine kids and he doesn't pull out anything. And he wouldn't pull out this victory as well, as he would lose this game 20 to 23. Next up, we have New Orleans going to going to Chicago, and I don't know why I keep thinking that. Hey, maybe at home, that whatever um, uh, Mitchell Trubisky is doing and that defense is doing, that they'll be able to come away with victories. That I keep thinking that Chicago is gonna um, pull away these victories, but I was wrong. And more than anything, I should be wrong. So for going against the team that I keep saying that they are my ultimate Super Bowl favorites and that is folks the New Orleans Saints as we got another dose of steady steady Teddy as he helped his team come away with a 36 to 25 victory over the Chicago Bears and the Chicago Bears will fall to three and three see you can't you don't know when to pick them right they would get that special delivery over to Michael Thomas. Nine times for 131 yards. No touchdowns. But they would join the Mallet squad, folks, as they would give the ball to Lavar Latavius Murray 27 times for 119 yards and two. Yes, folks, not one, but two touchdowns. Next up, we had the Baltimore Ravens go into Seattle. And, folks... After I took them out my top five in one week, the Baltimore Ravens came back and said, who the F do you think you are talking to pimping? Because we want back in. So I'm sorry. Every time I try to pull them out, they give me a reason to put them right back in. And it kind of reminds me of my story with vagina, right? But that's a, that's, a, that's a story for another day. But they went into Seattle and they put out a victory, not just a victory, a decisive victory, a 30 to 16 victory. Well, Lamar Jackson would take off 14 times, folks, for 116 yards and not and just one touchdown but it's the only one that mattered folks the rest of the offensive game didn't look like much but you didn't need to look like much when you actually had a defense that was catching up to, to catching up to russell wilson which listen we praised this defense weeks ago right when they played kansas city and we said listen we didn't quite see them get the sacks on 
Patrick Mahomes, but we kept on seeing them hit Patrick Mahomes, which means that, yeah, when you're chasing around a guy like Lamar Jackson, and if you're able to get fingertips on him, that means you can keep catching a guy like Patrick Mahomes, which means that you can keep sacking a guy like Russell Wilson. This Baltimore's defense is still scary. This Baltimore's offense is still scarier because they have a quarterback that we have not seen a guy with these kind of wheels since Michael Vick. That we haven't seen a guy play this well behind a good defense in a while. Like, I'm talking about he was fired up. Like, he had me hyped. Now, you know, like, there's one major hype train that I give to Baltimore, and and, 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 and that is the hype, the hype brewmaster himself, and that is Ray Lewis. But he went in there and went complete gangster on them. 30 to 16. That was impressive. I was impressed. We had Philadelphia going to Dallas, and they helped Dallas redeem themselves, as, as we were wrong with that pick. Now, not for nothing, we do our picks pretty early here, right? Wednesdays, right? This be, and part of it is so we can get it up to the website for, for all the mighty viewers, right? All, all the people that like to go to the website for the, for the picks, that's where you can find it at. You know, for all the people on social media, so you can get your picks. For you on the, on, on the podcast, you know, so you, so you can put your picks in before the, before the game starts. And this is where the slight disadvantage game comes in because right before the Dallas game started, right? I don't, can't remember if this was Saturday or if it was Sunday. I saw injury report. Not the the mighty injury report. Hip <laughs> <laughs> down. Ah. But just the injury report, right? And in that injury report, it said linebacker Smith. Wait, I'm doing it for the Cowboys. Linebacker Smith. Wide receiver Cooper. Offensive lineman Smith. XYZ person. XYZ person. Basically, they spit off six individuals and all of their injuries. Knee, brawn, ankle, eagle, my my neck and my back. And we'll talk about somebody's neck and their back a little bit later. My neck and my back. And it said all cleared to play. And the moment I knew, I saw that, I knew my Dallas pick was wrong. Not for nothing. The moment I saw that, I knew my Dallas pick was wrong. Because there's one thing that we have learned. When this Dallas team is healthy, they are a Super Bowl caliber team. Right? You, you heard me go ham on them last week because they lost to my Jets. And not for nothing. Them losing to the Jets should have felt like how the, um, the, um, the Jets let in 
losing to the Browns last week. Like if the Jets lose to the Dolphins this year and get the let the Dolphins get um allow the Dolphins to get their first victory because of some Fitz magic that happens, like the the, the New York Jets should feel shitty about themselves. New York Knicks are down to 18 by eight. That's just I'm sorry, 17 to 25. <clears throat> I want some fries. So, once I saw that, I knew the Dallas Cowboys were going to be healthy because we're going to win this game. Because when they're all healthy, they are one of the best teams in the league. Now, the other thing about it, this lets you show that over the last couple of weeks that that Prescott needs the perfect situation, the perfect storm, that everything around him must Function right must be there for him to win. We saw how this team looked when it was just Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. We saw how this team looked when it was just Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. We saw this team how they looked when that defense wasn't quite um, flying around the place. Smith put in cheap shots on people because Smith does put some cheap shots on people. Dallas fans, don't get it twisted if you don't get some suspensions. We see how this team look when they're just missing one player from their offensive line. So we see what happened, what the change in this team when just one piece is missing, which says a lot. Because if one piece is missing, it says that Dak Prescott can't do enough to, t to, to compensate for a, a missing linebacker. A missing offensive lineman, one missing defensive lineman, and when I say the, all these guys who were even missing all, uh, like all at the same time, at times, at times it was just one person missing, Amari Cooper, one person missing, Dak Prescott, one person missing, Jalen Smith, one person missing, an offensive lineman, and it threw everything off in Dallas. Dallas makes me nervous. With how good they technically are versus how good they could be and how good they probably will end up being. They make me nervous. But they came off with a 37-10 victory over a Philadelphia team that, listen, that's another team that was better with their backup quarterback than they were with their starter. Hell, they won a Super Bowl with their backup quarterback over their starter. And last up, we were right in this pick as the New England Cheaters came away with a decisive victory against the New York Jets as they completely embarrassed them, demolished them, the Patriots went into End Life Stadium. And here is where the other shutout occurred. Where they beat them 33 to 0. The New England Patriots defense will show up again as Sam Donald admits that he was out there seeing ghosts. And it made sense because every time he threw the ball, it, he didn't care who he threw to as long as... He, he looked like a man. 
and half the time that man was played for the other team. So I need to get my spirits up. So you know what? It, it, it's time. Let, let, let's talk about the... Let's get these participation awards out there, folks. <clears throat> this week, the, 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 the only mighty qualifiers, right? We had two quarterbacks at over 350 yards, seven running backs over 100 yards, and 12 wide receivers over 100 yards as well, folks. But you know what goes on in this area. We only talk about the... Top five, top five, top five, top five, top five, because they get the So we're going to get uh, not just the people that had 350 yards, but we're going to give you the whole entire top five. First for the quarterbacks, folks, leading all of them is the one that they call the bad man. A, 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 I just glitched A, 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 Ron. <laughs> he don't have any glitches in this game. He led all passes with 429 yards. And somebody else that we give that that we talk about on the show that while he while we don't put him in high praise of, of, of a winning quarterback. We always talk about he has the winning tools and he can pass the ball like any of these quarterbacks. And he can and he has the the, the passing angles to be able to pass it overhand, underhand, through hand, behind the back, and, and see all these different um rare launch plays because he was also a pitcher in his early days. And that's Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford was the second quarterback to pass for over 350 yards, right? As he as he came over 364 of them. The rest of these guys, they are really the ones that part that are just gonna get the participation awards. And the number one winner in the participation award this week happens to go to Kirk Cousins for the Minnesota Vikings as he gets 338 of them yards folks and also even though this guy doesn't know how to pull out of a victory or out of his wife apparently right right well listen he doesn't have to with his nine kids we're not saying anything is wrong with that we're just making a little bit of jest here Right, he gets 329 of those yards. And also, we get Jacoby Brissett from the Indianapolis Colts with 326 of them yards. Now, we're going to move over to the wide receivers, folks. Now, we told you there was, I'm sorry, this is the running backs. We told you there was seven of them. You know what? We may actually talk about all seven because... We're going to have an honorable mention in here. That honorable mention makes six, and why not talk about the seventh while we're here? Because you know what? That means that the guy that we're going to give the honorable mention to did better than this guy that was the number seven running back to go over 100 yards. But not for nothing. Why is why is any, why is, why is you want to see a, why is this guy getting better yards than this guy? When this, when this running back that was seven is supposed to be one of the best running backs in the league. So let's start naming them, folks. First up on the list, we had Dalvin Cook, 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 cooking up a storm as he stirred the pot for 142 yards and two touchdowns. Behind him, we mentioned him once. We're going to mention him again as Leonard... 
I don't know what I want to call him for net drops 131 yards and no what folks how many folks that was a big fat zero touchdowns for his team but you know what he still gets the W and that's all that matters right next up we had Josh Jacobs from the Oakland Raiders put up 124 yards he also wouldn't participate in the touchdown down race and i'm sorry if for skipping you over josh jacobs was actually number three i'm sorry he was number four how did i skip chase edwards from the arizona cardinals that was number three folks and the reason why i say how do i skip chase edwards because we told you already he didn't get into the end zone once he didn't get into the end zone twice he got into the end zone thrice between behind 126 yards folks number five in this running back list was Latavius Murray for the New Orleans Saints as he grabbed 119 yards for two touchdowns, folks. And here goes the honorable mention. We mentioned him as he played for his team, as he got his team a W. He is a quarterback, folks, and he helped take down one of the more prestigious quarterbacks in this league and make that defense look slow. Yeah, folks, we are talking about Lamar Lightning Legs Jackson. Woo! With he had 116 yards, folks, with one touchdown. And yeah, you know, since we're here, we might as well bring the seventh into the fold. Because how you gonna let a quarterback run and put up more yards than you, Ezekiel Elliott? I thought you were the man. I thought you were the guy. I thought you I mean 22 touches, 111 yards when he beat the um, when they beat the um, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And yet, and yet, yet, yet. Was still less yards than the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, folks. So let's just move right on to these 12 wide receivers, right? We ain't gonna talk about all 12 wide receivers because we don't have no honorable mentions there, right? But we do have a couple of wide receivers and I think one tight end here in the mix that were able to get into these top five for the participation awards. And, and listen, remember the participation awards? Not only because in the quarterback's case, they may not meet the criteria, but they weren't winners. And we you know we only like to talk about the winners. <coughs> First up, we had Stefan Diggs. His team did win, and, and it was because he was able to give his team 143 yards, not only helping his team win, but also fantasy owners across America that picked him up, especially the ones that grabbed him late. I hope you put him in that starting lineup. Behind him was, the, was Alex Erickson from Cincinnati, as he had 137 yards as he caught those through the air. 133 yards was able to put in the third place work as he caught these from the back. Bad man, yep, we are talking about Green Bay's own Marquise Valdez Scanton. After that, we got got the guy that is getting the balls passed to him by one of the most consistent backups in the league. They be talking about the guy that hasn't been beaten yet. We ain't talking about Steady Teddy, but we're talking about his wide receiver, Michael Thomas, 131 yards, folks. And behind him, we had Darren Waller put up 126 yards and not one but count them folks two touchdowns folks that is our participation awards that is our top five for the week and folks let's go ahead and give it to you right now folks this is our top five teams 
in the NFL as we go into week eight. I probably should wait till week eight to give this to you, but you know what? That would mean that I'll probably just have a little bit of time to think about it. And I really don't want time to think about it. I want to give this to you raw, rugged, and straight. As you already know, right? There's a couple of undefeated teams already in here. And, and this one undefeated team is probably gonna be the team that we put number one. And it probably should be the team that we put number one. But we don't like them. And you know what? While for the first time we're talking about a team that has great, uh, good offense and it also has a good defense behind a quarterback that we believe can manage it all, but we also can say the same thing about a team that has a that has a great quarterback that can actually do it all. That now for the first time has a great, has now has a great defense as well. Because you got to know there was a pattern here when it came to Green Bay and when you came to um the New England Patriots. While they both, while they both had super impressive victories and blowouts. You don't really see me like outside like like Marquis Scanton had two catches for 133 yards. Everybody else after him had like about 40, 50 yards, 40, 50 yards, 40, 50 yards. Nobody had more than four catches for Green Bay. In New England, for the blowout that they put up on the Jets and that spanking, you understand that nobody had more than seven catches. And nobody had really more than 50, 60 yards, 40 yards here and there. 30, you understand? So it just went, you, we're just talking about both, but both of these teams had about nine receivers that had 40 yards. Eight, eight to seven receivers that, that had 30-plus yards. So they're passing the ball all over the place because they can, and that's the kind of scheme that they have. So my number one pick isn't going to go to the team that has the undefeated season. It isn't going to go to either one of the teams that has the undefeated record. My number one team so far, my number one team so far has one loss my number one team so far just had a bad start they have a new they 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 have a new head coach and that first game didn't really play out for them the way they sh it should have and to be honest with you I don't even think we remember who that first loss was to because I think it's because of that first loss why we even keep giving Chicago the benefit of the doubt because you yeah, remember they lost to the Bears 10 to 3. That defense was all over the place. Since and that's that first and remember that defense was young, they were fresh, they were healthy. Green Bay was still trying to learn that team and they beat them 10 to 3. I'm sorry. I'm speaking backwards. Green Bay won that game 10 to 3. See, that's how crazy it is. We don't even fully remember when Green Bay lost their game. That's how odd it looked. And that's how crazy it looks because they lost their game to Philly in a Thursday night game. And that's what gave them their one loss. Philly team that, that, that had just won the Super Bowl not too long ago, a couple years ago. So Green Bay's one loss, I'm not going to hold against them. Even though it is one loss. I still feel that they have 
overall the whole better program. And also, not for nothing, when you're playing the NFC, you're also playing a different caliber set of teams. The New England Patriots so far have been playing the Jets, the Dolphins, the the Washington Redskins. And granted, like I said, the only, you only can play who's in front of you. But like I said, Green Bay has been playing Chicago. And Green Bay is playing Minnesota. And we told you how Minnesota has been looking this season so far, right? Green Bay has been playing Denver. But like Green Bay, but, but Denver's a cakewalk. They've been playing Philadelphia. Green Bay has been, you know what I'm saying? They, they've been playing those kind of caliber teams. They've been playing Dallas. Well, like I said, Dallas may have may have been on a, on a three-game losing streak. But we just told you when God, Dallas has everything there and everything right, Dallas looks like a Super Bowl caliber team green bay has been playing detroit who i who not for nothing when they beat detroit that was giving detroit only their second loss and that was just last week so you can't i'm not so yeah i'm gonna do what they do in college a little bit i'm not gonna knock them for their one loss and I'm gonna and I'm gonna give them some kudos for their some point, brownie points for their strength of schedule, and I'm gonna say that right now my top team is the Green Bay Packers, and also like I've said, part of that is because of my hatred for the New England Patriots. I will not sit here and act like that that is not part of the scenario. Now, behind them, I have to give New England their props, right? I just have to give New England their pops. Now, again, this is gonna go by the same concept. You you're gonna have now another undefeated team. You're gonna have a couple of teams that have one loss, like Buffalo Bills. I'm not even considering the Buffalo Bills in my top five. I am sorry. I'm sorry, Buffalo fans. I'm I'm sorry, all the fans of all the fans that think something different. I I. I I can't. I understand Buffalo has one loss, just like how on all undefeated records aren't the same. All one loss records aren't the same either. And I, I really do not trust in Buffalo quite yet. And until we get to about week twelve, <laughs> I'm sorry, maybe even week ten. If by week ten Buffalo, you're talking about Buffalo was sitting at seven and three. Are only three losses, and and they're not on some weird slump. Come on, they have not. You, you understand? Because even three losses, at, from this point on, would be a losing record over the next month of football. So, if they can end up, let's say seven and three. And that's where everybody else is. I may start to sneak Buffalo into my top five. But Buffalo should feel honored that they're at least being mentioned right now. Not for nothing. Buffalo should feel honored that they're being mentioned. Because <clears throat> not for nothing. We've seen this from them so many times that it makes it hard to believe that this is something that they can do and that they can do consistently. That's where we're at with Buffalo. So, 
six and one Green Bay, number one. Seven and zero New England is going to be the number two team. We're not going to put six and zero San Francisco in, in the mix. Like I said once again, all undefeated don't look the right. And I still have New England to be. I still have New Orleans as my Super Bowl favorite, right? Just to let you guys know this. But to be honest with you, there is no but. I'm scrapping the whole thing. <clears throat> I got New Orleans still as my number one team. And you know why? And you know why? Because they're doing this with, with their backup quarterback. And they're still and they're still slated to get Drew Brees back. And when you get Drew Brees back, if you can't if you can't still pull out with Drew Brees with what you did with Teddy Bridgewater, then I don't I don't I don't get it. I look them to be more dynamic once Drew Brees comes back. I look them to be more deadly. Whatever f magic form that they found to help this team get over whatever humps they they've been doing the last couple of weeks, I see that team to be even more formidable when they when when they get when they get Drew Brees back. So, my number one team out of them all actually also has a number one has a loss, and that is the New Orleans Saints. So, folks, this list goes: New Orleans Saints one, Green Bay Packers two, New England Patriots three, and after that. Folks, we will finally give San Francisco their love here at four. Which now brings up the hard part. Who truly, who really and truly gets that number five slot? There are a lot of good candidates out here. Dallas doesn't get considered right now. They, those three losses puts way too much doubt in my, in my, in my head for them. So, the front runners, to be 100% honest with you, or, like I said, Buffalo, we give you an honorable mention. That's as much as you're going to get. Minnesota Vikings, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Baltimore Ravens. And, if they would have won this week, Houston probably would have been in here. But even Indy is kind of in here because it lets me once again see that, listen, Indy is 4-2, and two, right? And they're still technically doing this with their backup quarterback, and we still don't know what they are. So see, so this is the group that we're talking about here with Buffalo. And this is why we're not going to put Buffalo in here yet because we don't believe in Buffalo when it comes to the, when it comes to the cold weather, right? So that's... Number one. Number two. It's probably going to be Indy. We're gonna we gotta disqualify Indy for right now because we're gonna have to keep seeing how they do in their division. They're, they've done so far the good necessary things to take down a guy like Deshaun Watson, who we think is going to be one of these stud young quarterbacks to help drive this league for the future. They were able to take them out with their backup quarterback, technically. Let's see how this keeps playing out. But for right now, they don't make it this week. Now, by week 12, they may make it. But when we do this again in week 11, maybe. They may make it. But for right now, they're on the bubble. Which is a good place to be. The Minnesota Vikings are also in that same bubble as well. Right? 
And I think they may be the next team that I eliminate from this because I'm going to still have to see consistency from two players. Kirk Cousins getting that ball down the field a little bit more to, to, his, to his receivers and taking some chances. And also Dalvin Cook. He has to make it to week 11 for me. Because if he's not around in week 11, everything that they're doing is, is that they're not going to be consistent. So if Dalvin Cook is on the Minnesota Vikings, oh yeah, they're still playing. They're, they are a dangerous team. But I am actually going to go for the last spot with the two teams that I, with one of the two teams that actually just played each other. And I know that they just took the loss. And them taking the loss should make me put should make me put the team that beat them over them, but I don't see that for right now. And I'm going to give Seattle that number five spot still. Even though they just lost to Baltimore, and Baltimore is probably the, guy that, the team that's sitting right behind them. Because the kind of game that Lamar Jackson plays, we're talking about, like, I understand why I'm also talking about my top five teams right now. I'm also projecting Super Bowl contenders, playoff contenders. And what they're gonna look like in the playoffs? How teams are gonna play them in the playoffs? How how they're gonna be how they're gonna be scouted for in the playoffs? And I'm gonna if I had to put my money on it between Baltimore and Seattle, and what they and what they're able to do in the playoffs, I'm gonna put or, or possibly even making a Super Bowl, or even winning a Super Bowl. Gonna put my money on Seattle. Even if they were to meet each other again in the Super Bowl, I would put my money on Seattle, even after seeing what Baltimore just did. But man, those other teams that are on the cuffs. The, like I said, the Baltimores of the world, the Minnesotas of the world, Buffaloes of the world, Indian, in, the Indianapolis Colts of the world. You even heard me talk about the Dallases of the world. These are the teams on the cusp. These are the other teams to watch out for. So, so it's more than just these eight. There are about 10 teams to definitely pay attention to. We don't need to worry about Carolina, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, or Tampa Bay. The, the four teams that's on a bye. And I don't believe in LA Rams yet. We're gonna have to see some more consistency from them as they work in as they work in their new defensive, their new defensive stud, Jalen, Jalen Ramsey. But those are those 10 teams. And that does it for this week of the NFL. So, you know what, folks? We're going to take a break. Our last break of the day. We're going to come in, and we're going to talk week eight. And as we talk about week eight, we're also going to have a cleanup on aisle eight this is the mighty sports podcast i am your host 
Dalento Martel, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Buzzsaw, a.k.a. Brooklyn's favorite son, a.k.a. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier.
danger zone. He, he look like a man.
when you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Danger zone.
Fun guy. <laughs> <laughs>
Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than the whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. Rough night. My tea? Sport.